0: Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. Maybe even leave a review to let others know what you think of the show. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the variety that you get right here on the CEP Network. The CEP Network now has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all the great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in C-E-P-N in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. It's that easy. What are your goals? Are you looking to gain muscle? Are you looking to lose fat? Are you looking for an energy supplement? Heck, maybe you're looking for a place to make your own custom smoothie or oatmeal, Well, look no further than True Nutrition. They have everything you need with the best quality ingredients. There are a million supplement companies out there selling a million different supplements, and I know it's hard to choose. Marketing has a lot to do with the decision that most people make. A lot of people will go with the one with the cooler label without even looking at the ingredients. Well, the cool thing about True Nutrition is that they don't try to hide behind a label. They take the money from the appealing marketing, and they put it into the supplements to bring you the best possible product. Again, C-E-P-N in the promo code box. In this episode of Raised on the Radio, Patrick and I chat about how Patrick has apparently had COVID-19 three times, the American Music Awards, what sports we miss most in the off season, UFC 254, and so much more. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out on the social medias. You can reach us on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast Network's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages, and if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to hear our thoughts on, don't hesitate to reach out. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey everybody, we're back with another episode of Raised on the Radio, episode 41, actually. Kind of crazy that we've been doing this for this long now. But my good friend Patrick Blair in Zoom land, I am Colt Rocado, and we're gonna do this again. For anyone who wants to listen, that's great. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> Super bummer to start. What kind, huh? what
0: kind of intro do you want?
1: I uh, I don't know. One I I mean, that's fine. I'll I'll take it. <laughs> it really it really it's funny that you say it hasn't been that long.
0: Not really. I don't I don't remember exactly what month we started, but we also were doing like two a week for quite a while.
1: Yeah, and that's that's why it seems like it's long, but it's not. We started right before the pandemic. Right. Um, like right before. So it really hasn't been that long.
0: And I, and I don't know if you remember or not, but you're still wrong. It's not just oh. an eat, a, eat some broccoli and go for a run and you'll be fine situation. Mm.
1: Oh look, man! I'm pretty sure I've had COVID three times, and I'm alive and well. Three times. So I'm pretty sure. I'm wow. pretty sure. I've I've kept it quiet, but it's since you just you made me say it, I'll, I'll say it now. So there have been three, three times since the start of this pandemic that I've had a day where the entire day we're talking all 24 hours that I had a giant, giant headache and my muscles ached and I just felt like I was about to have the flu. And then the next day, gone. And I mean, completely gone, completely gone. I didn't take anything. I didn't do anything. All I did was stay hydrated and I ate a shit ton of food. Because typically when I get sick, all I do is eat. Are you like that? When you get sick, like I just, dude, when I get sick, not only do I eat the worst foods, but I eat all of them.
0: If I'm being honest, and this isn't like a brag or anything, but I don't really get sick. I don't either. Maybe. And that's why I've noticed what I'm talking about. Maybe once a year I will get sick. And that's, that's, and that's really like a, maybe a couple of days where my nose is stopped up. So it's more like a cold, cold than anything. But as far as like sick goes, I very rarely get sick.
1: Same. That's why I think I had COVID three times because I don't get sick. So, (laughs) and this literally, and this literally came and went and it disappeared. Like you're telling, you're telling
0: me you're the exception and you got COVID three times and that you only had it for a day and then it went away. Yep. 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 Do you understand that? Sounds ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, the not, I'm not. I'm oh, not. I'm not the ridiculous one, huh? I'm, I'm the ridiculous.
1: <laughs> one. That's hilarious. Uh. No, but three different times that's happened. Um, just total like, and and look, I thought I had a fever, but monitored my temperature. Never had a fever. Was always normal. Uh, and then the next day, gone feel, feel completely fine. Three times since March, I've had that happen. Um, that's gotta be something. Cause I, like you, I don't really, I don't really get sick. You know, I used to, but I used to be really unhealthy, but like, honestly, like broccoli and jogging, like I don't, I don't get sick that often. Right. I don't have tonsils anymore. Um, I don't have adenoids or whatever they're called. Um, I've had numerous surgeries on my ears, so I don't get ear infections anymore. Really? Like I just don't. I just don't get sick. So like, um, it it was super weird when it was going down. I was like, oh fuck, I have COVID. I have COVID, and then the next day, I'm fine.
0: I don't know. Okay, was one of this? When it was one of these times that this happened during when you were at home, basically quarantined for the couple of months that you didn't leave your house. Yep. So how would you have gotten it?
1: Grocery store. It's the only place I went. It's the only place I went, man. Hmm. We went three, we went three and a half months with, we didn't go anywhere. The only place I went and my, my wife didn't go anywhere. She went to work and she came home. Uh, I only went to the grocery store, so that would have been it. Hmm. Now, my wife could have also had it, got it at work, and then gave it to me. But
0: did, did she ever have anything like what you're saying? You
1: had, yeah. Oh, she once. did too. Really, once, one time, yeah. Hmm. Um. But here's what's really bizarre. So. And I don't think I talked about this actually. So you, do you remember, do you remember back in August when I went to a wedding and I said that Kansas there was city, a right? Shit ton of, yeah. In Kansas city, there was a shit ton of people and wasn't the most COVID safe environment. Do you remember that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> so I was in the wedding. It was one of my really good friends. I've known him since I was a teenager, my good buddy. Um, You know, and he, like most of my good friends, you ask me pandemic or not, Hey, I'm getting married. I want you to be there by my side. I'm going to be there. So I was there and I, I caught a bunch of shit from family. They're like, I can't believe you're going to this. Like, it's not a good time. I'm like, I have to live my life at some point. Right. You know, they've canceled this wedding twice now because of COVID or they've rescheduled or whatever. So I'm going. So. I was back for three days and I found out that one of the bridesmaids tested positive. She found out two days after the wedding. Okay. So obviously the bride and groom being, you know, respectful and courteous, start texting everyone, letting them know like, Hey, so I get the text message, message and I go, Jesus Christ, was it, was it the bridesmaid that I walked down the aisle? <laughs> the aisle? Like what's going on? They go, no, it wasn't yours, but you know, and so I, I was, I was around this person. So I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, like, God damn it. Like I probably have it because you know, it's a wedding party. You're around people. You're close to people. um, So I sent a text message to my buddy who was the one who actually walked this person down the aisle and I'm like, Hey, did you hear? He's like, yeah. I'm like, you going to go get tested. He goes, already got it booked. So I was like going back and forth. I'm like, do I need to go get like an immediate, like get the test where you have to like pay extra to get it back like that day? Or what do I need to do? And I didn't. So my buddy who got married and his wife got it, one of those. And the next day they call me, they go, we're both negative. I'm like, I ain't going to worry about it. <laughs> because the why you know, the, the the wife, she spent the night with this girl the night before the wedding. They stayed at the wedding venue, all of them sleeping together around each other, drinking. So I was like, eh, whatever. So I didn't get tested. Maybe I should have. Maybe I'm the one that gave it to the girl. (laughs) (laughs) Such an asshole. Whatever. Look, man. Back to your original joke. Yes, eating broccoli and jogging perhaps won't prohibit. Coronavirus from entering your body, but how many people have you heard talking about health since this started besides me and Joe Rogan and you for real?
0: I mean, not really. It's more of like the pandemic itself is scary versus what can we do to not get sick
1: and things of that nature. It's, um, it's mask this mask that six feet, this six feet, that. That's it. And then a politicized pandemic. That's it. No one's talking about health. Still, how many months are we in? Six, right? Has it been six? Uh, I guess in the U.S. Yeah. So no one's talking about it still. And I joke. The first time I said that, I, I was joking but was still serious about those are two really good things you could do for your health. Yogging isn't the answer. When I when I first said that like in reference to COVID, I was joking, but those are two very real things that everyone should at least try to do. You know, eat healthy and get exercise. Like we just said, no one's no one's talking about that. And that's that that's a huge problem to me. You know, because we found out that the people that are suffering most from this are those that are unhealthy. And we're not talking about underlying or pre-existing conditions that they have no control over. Right. Also, you know, people who are obese, people who are in bad, in bad shape, they're in bad health because they're not in good shape. They're not healthy. They don't eat healthy. They don't do, they don't live a healthy lifestyle. So Um, yeah, you and I joke about that, but there's, there's still some merit to it. There's still some like value to what can be said about it.
0: Well, there's value to that statement in general for life versus not just, (laughs) but you got it three times apparently and you eat broccoli and
1: run all the time. (laughs) Maybe, maybe I got it three <laughs> times and it only lasted 22 hours because I'm healthy, bitch. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: I, I, I'm not a doctor and I can't say you're wrong.
1: I'll put it to you this way. All three times the next day I ran three miles and I worked out.
0: So do you know what that tells me? What? Is that you just had like... A minor cold or the chills. It doesn't tell me that you had COVID three times, but you're that much of a badass that you got rid of it in a day.
1: <laughs> I got rid of it in a day.
0: Okay, okay. all right. I, I give. I give it to you.
1: Enough with COVID. We got it. Fuck COVID. <laughs> Do you watch? Did you watch the uh, the Dodgers win the World Series last night?
0: I did not watch it. I seen that Heard they. I seen that they did. What's your thoughts on that?
1: Um. Well, good. For, I mean, I'm happy for them. I mean, I'm not happy for their fan base at all. That's one of the worst fan bases in all of sports, let alone baseball. Um, and they can say what they want. They don't. They don't show up until the playoffs start. But I'm happy for quite a few of the players on the team, especially number one Clayton Kershaw. Now ESPN and Fox Sports and all of these media outlets can finally move on and say that he never never won the big game, never won the World Series, whatever. You know, he pitched two really great games in this World Series. Time to move on. You know, I'm, happy, I'm happy-est for him. I'm also happy for Dave Roberts, their manager, um, because he's been there four or five years now, and he was considered to be – part of the reason why they choke, you know. So I'm happy for that guy too. And he's just he just seems like a he seems like a dude you want to go have a beer with. You know what I mean? Like he just seems like a cool dude.
0: Now they um, they haven't won since 88, is that right? Did 88. I, why does it seem like they've won more
1: recently than that? Because they've been in the playoffs so many times, especially the last, you know, 5-6 years. Yeah. Um World Series What is this? Their third I think this is their third World Series out of the last four years. They've been the National League representative. The Nationals won last year. Nationals beat them in the no. The Nationals beat the Cardinals in the NLCS. So who did the the Dodgers lose to the Nationals in the? Either way, um, yeah, it just seems like that because they've been there. They just haven't. They haven't won. Right. Um, And they've had several like since 1988 periods where they were good but couldn't quite get over the hump you know what's really sad about that and i'm glad you mentioned the year they won in 1988 and they're and, and these fans are on twitter crying and just sobbing and you know what the last time the fucking indians won was 1948 <laughs> add another <laughs> i don't hear any, i don't hear any crying okay these dodger fans oh, yeah, the is you, you've been to six games since 1988 and you're sixty years old. Shut up. <laughs> assholes. So I'm happy for the Dodgers, not their fans.
0: Well, I know you're an Indians fan. I know you're a big baseball fan too, but is, is baseball a sport where you like you really miss it while it's not here? Like an off season. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I can't wait for baseball to start
0: every year. How many how many sports are there like that? Which I guess like MMA, UFC, things like that, that's not
1: you know. There's to worry no about yeah, it.
0: there's no off season. You always have fights going on every month. But like basketball, football, you know, are you, do you crave those sports when they're, when they're not going on?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I would say the, the three that I crave the most for sure would be baseball, major league baseball, college football and college basketball. Those three, I am like, just intensely anticipating when they're getting close to starting. Um, so yeah, I mean, pro football is there for me, but it's not as bad as baseball. Um, professional basketball the same way. Like I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not as invested. Up until it starts. Once it starts, I'm in. But right there's you know hockey's the same way. Like you know I'm once it starts, I'm there, I'm ready. But I don't freak out about it as much during the off season as those three that I just said. So. Um, I mean, what about you? I mean, what
0: do you, I mean? Which fo- one do you
1: look forward to the most?
0: NFL is probably my go-to.
1: Yeah,
0: and, and, as far as like sports goes, I mean, I, I'll follow the others. I'm not, you know, highly invested like you are. Football, foot, like I said, football is probably where I kind of st- I stand as far as sports goes.
1: I would say the other one would be the world cup.
0: See, that's you're on the other side of the spectrum for me on that one. But I, but, but I will, I will also admit that I've never given it the time. Like I've never invested the time to get to know teams and get to know, you know, stuff like that to actually be invested in it.
1: Well, I mean, with the world cup, it's really team America. That's it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good to know who's, you know, <laughs> who's a threat around the rest of the world, which is everyone, because we're terrible. Um, but I still look forward to it. Every, I mean, it only happens every four years and for th- three and a half years. I probably think about it once a day. I think about the last <laughs> World Cup. I think about, for real, I swear to God, I, th- I think about the last World Cup. I think about how... The United States lost the, 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 the big moments. And in this case, I've been thinking about it more so because they didn't even qualify for the world cup. So um, that's something that I think about quite a bit, but yeah. What was interesting to me about the world series last night is people have been talking about how the Rays manager lost the game for them because he pulled their starting pitcher when he was doing so well, you know, um, Blake snow, was the pitcher. Um, I think he, he, I think he did at the point when he was taken out, I think he had given up two hits was just dominating, you know, and this is what you see in baseball. Now these managers, that's situational management, you know, we got to have lefty versus righty. We got to have this reliever versus this guy, you know, instead of keeping, there's no passion behind that decision, you know, It's game six of the World Series. You're down 3-2. If I'm the manager, I'm going, my dude's winning. My dude's, he's mowing him down. I'm leaving him in until he proves that he can't do it anymore because I want to win the World Series. But that's not how that decision went. He looked at analytics. I've been bitching about analytics for so long. Yeah, Moneyball was cool. It was a good movie. I enjoy it. It's one of my favorite baseball movies. But that shit, not only as a fan, but if you just like – From a pure sort of like baseball, like, I like the stats. I like the abilities that some of these guys possess. You don't like shit like that because of something like last night. When you have a guy like Snow who's dominating the Dodgers lineup, and their their lineup is sick. I mean, every single person in the lineup is a threat. You know, there's not an easy out. They have arguably three MVP candidates on the team in the lineup. He's dominating them. Now, if I'm that manager, I'm going, he's going to win me the game or he's going to lose me the game. And then I, and he, we go out on our shields, but instead he pulls them early. The reliever he brings in, I want to say it was Anderson, but I could be wrong. I can't remember. The reliever he brings in gives up a double wild pitch that's it. Now the game's over, essentially. The Dodgers go up 2-1, and then the next inning, Mookie Betts hits a home run. It's out of reach. What happens if that starter stays in? We never know, because that manager made that decision solely on analytics and situational managing, as opposed to, my heart's in it, my passion's in it. I'm going to leave the guy in there who's dominating. And you see so much of that in baseball now, and it drives me insane.
0: And, I, and It kills I, me. I get it, but the the question's always there on the other side too is does Snell keep keep that run going if he was left in there but then again if he if there was no signs of him slowing down
1: there wasn't so that's the problem so
0: for anybody who might not really understand what you're talking about give me give me an example of what you mean by like going by analytics like to make that decision what exactly do you mean
1: well the essentially what he's looking at he's looking at who How many pitches has he had, the starting pitcher, which he didn't have a lot? Um, Who's up next, essentially? So do we have a right-handed batter or a left-handed batter? Can I manage this situation well enough to get the next out with having a left-handed pitcher or a right-handed pitcher versus a left-handed batter versus a right-handed batter? So he was just worried about that one out. He wasn't really thinking about the next six outs, right, he was thinking about that one out and he was saying, I'm going to trust the analytics enough to say that I'm going to get the next guy out instead of letting Snell or like Snell get the next guy out. Um, Which is, man, that's so disrespectful to a guy who just pitched you one hell of a game,
0: right. gave
1: up two hits. He's the reason your team is winning. At that point, the Rays were winning one, nothing. You know, uh, I just feel like that's, I mean, it's not a, it's not a, it's a normal thing in baseball now, you know, but, and you know, I heard today on ESPN, they're like, well, it's not fan pleasing. Like, no, that's not pleasing at all. (laughs) Like if you're, if you're a guy on that team, right. If you're a guy on the infield or in the outfield, you're going, what the fuck are you pulling him for? He's winning us the game. We only have a one run lead. Why are you pulling the guy who's prevented these guys from scoring? You know, what sense does this, like, and if you're a player on that field and you don't have that passion or that desire to be like, well, it's kind of working. Why are we, why are we making a change? Then what does that say about you as the player? But I'm pretty sure none of those players are thinking that anyway, you know?
0: Yeah, I guess, like I said, the, there's just the opposition to that, too, that what if he gave up, you know, two home runs in the next two pitches and now— There are all now, those what-ifs. Right, exactly. So I'm not saying either way is right. I'm just saying that there's always the question either way, whether you pull them or you don't. Things could have went either way.
1: So, okay, and that's fine, but the, you can't— and that, I'm glad you said it like that because the analytics rely on the what if too much. So let's say you pull him, the guy you bring in gets out of the inning. But the next inning, your starting pitcher, the next 3 guys up are 0 for 3 a piece against your starting pitcher. But historically speaking, the next 2 guys you would have coming out of the bullpen in a lefty versus righty situation, perhaps they have a good batting average against so now all analytics are out of the fucking window. It's a roll of the fucking dice. Right. You know? But you can't think about those things. You can't think that far ahead about those things in a game situation. Right. So sometimes it makes sense to just stick with the hot hand. I get I get it from every perspective but I don't know, man, like I'm not uh I'm not old and I was never good enough to worry about it but when i played we just you know can you hit can you pitch can you field can you run that's it if you can then you get to prove yourself you know what i mean and if you keep proving yourself you're going to keep doing it it was really that's that's how simple it was um so analytics didn't come into play is what you're saying <laughs> well god no not at the <laughs> high school level but I, you know but it was still around and you know that 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 mindset was there and, it, and you you still saw it but it was just it was different it was just can you get guys out can you get on base you know what i mean can you field your position i just feel like we we've kind of gotten away from that and it's super weird but you know it's um it was a good it was a fun World Series. I watched every game. Well, not the full games, but bits and pieces. Um It was a fun World Series, man. Um So yeah, congrats to the Dodgers. Definitely they definitely proved that they are if anything the best team in baseball in a shortened season. Have we played a full season and you know, there have been regular playoff format. Oh, I don't know. Here we go. I'm just saying. <laughs> I I don't have any excuses. My team, my team should have won their playoff series. They should not have lost to the bitch ass Yankees. So it's fine. I have no excuses. <laughs> I'm just saying that for the teams that made it beyond that first wild card round. Um, you know, it's funny. The night before – yeah, yeah. So two nights ago was the anniversary of uh, the Game 6 in 2011 Mm -hmm. when the Cardinals were down to their last strike three times and David Freeze hit the game-winning home run and all that. Mm -hmm. So when I saw that, dude, it made me think about a couple of things. It made me think about their World Series win in 2006 – and um once upon a time you asked me on this podcast what are some of my favorite live shows that I've been to? And there is one that I forgot and I'm super upset with myself for forgetting it. So in 2006 during the World Series, so game I guess it was did they win 3 to 1 or 4 to 2? The game that the Cardinals clinched the World Series in 2006. Okay? I was at Pops at a concert seeing 36 Crazy Fists. Didn't I have you check them out? You like them, right? Yes. You like the record. Yes. So they were playing Pops on the small stage. They didn't even play the main stage, the big stage. Their headlining show, you know, they weren't a big band at the time, you know, but so they were playing, they were headlining, and it was the night that the Cardinals were about to clinch the World Series. So co-headliner plays – They get done. It's like the seventh inning. They waited until the Cardinals won to come out on stage. So there was a bunch of us huddled around those TVs at that Pops bar (laughs) on the bar end. You know, I mean, we're talking 400 people. Right. You know, just glued to the TVs. And then the Cardinals win. We're all hugging and screaming. We're drunk. We're throwing beer around. And then they, they waited. They go three, two. It was more like 10, nine, eight. They kind of down from 10, let everyone celebrate. And they came out just, you know, just fucking shredding and like, and everybody like ran to that small stage at pops. Like but we were like, oh, my- shit! like we forgot. And we all ran to the stage, like, <laughs> one the stage. Like, like the Beatles were playing. It was pretty nuts. But, but my, um, so do you,
0: my question is, did they do that because of like a generosity? Like, like, or did they do that because there was going to be nobody there to watch them because everybody was huddled around TVs or a mixture of both?
1: I think it was a generosity. Because keep in mind, too, those dudes are from Alaska, so they don't have a professional oh, baseball are like they really? Baseball, yeah, yeah. Baseball to them is like the moon. Right. Like, whatever. Like, fine. Um, so, no, it was a generosity. They were like, all right, that makes sense. Like, good for them. They're, you know... Um, and he even said, the uh, lead singer said, you know, right after the first song was done, you know, he was like, holy, holy shit, congrats to you guys, what a special night, let's fucking party, like, you know, made it a whole thing, like, did a toast, and like, yeah, dude, it was epic, and, uh, and so the fact that you ask me, like, my favorite live shows, and I forget about that moment is insane, because they are one of my favorite bands, I was there for that, and I didn't think of it at the time, so, anyway.
0: I know that you say that it was like, it was a generosity thing. And I know that they're from Alaska. Apparently now that I know this, that that it's like nothing to like baseball. Isn't probably isn't a big thing to them, but if how awesome would it have been more awesome, would it have been if they would have like done a little bit of research to know ahead of time. And then they came out in like Cardinals jerseys or something like everybody would have lost their shit. (laughs) <laughs> Not yeah, that they already didn't, and, but still. Yeah. But then again, maybe a little it, bit too far. But sure, I'm with you. But I'm then again, you. how how would that concert have went after that if they the Cardinals lost?
1: Well, they wouldn't have lost the World Series. It just would have been a loss. You know. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it would. I gotcha. They hold on. Let me find out. I'm pretty sure they won four to one in that World Series. So, yeah, I mean, if they had lost, it wouldn't have been, like, a huge deal. I gotcha. Okay. I mean, it would have been a big deal, but it would have been... Yeah, they won 4-1. So, I mean, if they lose, whatever. Right. They're still up 3-2. You know, it's fine. But, um, yeah, it's just such a cool moment, man. Um, in in an intimate moment, too, because, like I said, they're on that small side at Pops. And, I mean, for those that don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about a giant music venue that has a... Big stage and a small stage. Um, if you play the small stage, it basically cuts off. I'd say a quarter, a quarter of the room, right? Mm-hmm. So you, your your capacity goes from what twelve hundred to probably roughly like eight hundred, maybe, probably more than that. It probably goes from twelve hundred to six hundred even though you're only cutting off a quarter of the room. which so, they, they
0: don't use that small stage a whole lot anymore. Do they?
1: I haven't seen it in a long time. Right. Uh, mainly for like battles and yeah. Well, dude, I'll be honest. I knew who was promoting the show. And when I found out it was booked. So I had a buddy in a band at the time. It was like, dude, Um, we're we're playing a show on this day, this and that. And he goes, I was like, oh, cool. I'll be there. When is it? He goes, yeah, it's at Pops on the small stage. I go, ooh, that sucks. I'm sorry. (laughs) He goes, no, "No, we're playing with this band from Alaska. And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you talking about 36 Crazy Fists? He goes, yeah, dude, do you know who they are? I'm like, dude, I'll be there. And I go, this is on the small stage? He goes, yes. I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) I was here because I knew, look, I was realistic about how many people they could draw at a place like Pops you know, again, they weren't a big band. Um, so the fact that I, it was on the smalls, like the small stage, and it would just be more intimate like that. I was so stoked, you know, fast forward a month. Now the Cardinals were in the world series. They're on the verge of winning the world series. So you're looking at the dates of the show and the dates of the world series, like, Oh my God, I'm going to be at the show during the world series. Um, so it, it, it made for an insanely cool moment. Um, that again, I'm super upset that I forgot about. But what what can you do? I don't. know. Which record of theirs that I have you check out? Uh <sighs> Snowcap I, Romance. Yes.
0: I was not going to be able to remember until you brought that up. But yes, that absolutely that was it.
1: Have you checked out any of their others since then or no? No. This fucking,
0: God, this fucking guy. I know, right? Hey, speaking. Have of
1: you this- streamed? Any of the other records? <laughs> I always got to
0: ask. That was, a, that was a dick thing to say. Um, <laughs> so what about a topic that we haven't really talked about, I guess recently at least, would be like, is there any current current music out that you've listened to that you're like really into?
1: Are we talking about newer artists or just new stuff? Either, from-
0: either or like new stuff from bands that you you like or just new
1: artists Yeah um so new stuff from band, from people that I've already been a fan of Aesop Rock has new music out Correct. It's fucking great um Bring Me The Horizon has new music out it's good as well you Architects say,
0: you say good Are you like teetering or you?
1: Actually, I'm not teetering at all. No. no. I mean, I've only heard the. I've only heard the the one song. Um, I'm not teetering. No, it's good. I well, like you, it. You've
0: heard all three, haven't you? Actually, there's four out now, right? So, Parasite what Eve is on that new album. Um, what is it? Parasite Eve. You haven't heard Parasite Eve yet. No. That was. I think that was I've the. First, of, I think that was the first single they put out. And then Obey. I heard
1: Obey and. Um. L- what's did, the last
0: one? Isn't Luden's one? I think there's one called Ludens.
1: Is that new too? Yes. On the new record? Yes. Oh.
0: Well, I've heard it all then. Um,
1: and then teardrops. Teardrops. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all good songs, man. Um, yeah. I've already, I've already said about them, like, dude, they, they made the switch to be popular, and it, it makes sense to me. I know a lot of their hardcore fans don't like it, but I'm into it. Um, so new music from them. Architects just released a new song and video. It's fucking really good. It actually sounds like "Bring Me the Horizon," which is weird for them. But that's somebody again, you've
0: never talked about on the show. I don't think because I don't. I've ne- I've never heard of them. Oh, so gonna have to look them up.
1: Uh, look up the song "Animals" by Architects. Okay, I guarantee you'll like it. It sounds like "Bring Me the Horizon." So they're 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 catching a lot of shit for this. Because they normally do not sound like this. Okay. Like on this song. Um, Now, I say that, but I'm saying that because that's what people say about them. I, in many songs of theirs, have heard this sound, but I think they took it, they fully went there with this song. Okay. So, I think you'll like it, honestly. Older stuff, it's, it's pretty heavy, it's pretty pretty uh pretty riff heavy metalcore um but it's still good. It's, they they honestly they pioneered metalcore like so many bands ripped them off. But you'll have to listen to them and I think to understand what I'm saying. Not hearing them you're not that's there's really no context to that but Gotcha. Um There are two newer ba- or two bands that are new to me that I've discovered recently. One is called Movements. They're really good. They're more of like a... Um, uh, I don't know how to describe them. I guess like a uh, alt-rock, post-punk band, I guess. Um, really good, though. And another band is called Dreg. They're like a... Like a... Rap core band, okay. I guess. Really cool, though. Really like them. I'm trying to think of what else recently. Um, I think that's, I, I'm trying to think. Well, what about you? Who, who are, you, what are you?
0: I mean, Br- Bring Me to the Horizon is the only thing that really sticks out. I, d- I do have that 20th anniversary uh, of Hybrid Theory from Linkin Park that they put out, which is I, I know is a, a lot of like B-side stuff and a lot of remixes and stuff like that. But it's a lot of it's pretty neat.
1: Um, If there's any band that has B-sides that could be singles. It's probably them.
0: Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. But yeah, other other than that. So speaking of music, an article that you had sent me about. um, So, It's that. Okay, the, the article that you sent me about there were no rock r- rock bands nominated.
1: Oh, at the American Music Awards? Yeah, at
0: the American Music Awards. Do, is that just because of how they lump bands into different genres?
1: Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, I think it has a lot to do with the, like they lump pop and rock into the same sort of category.
0: So, so does that screw rock artists or or bands that are considered rock bands Um, being put in a category with pop artists who are, who may be like major right now or like, you know, be in the, in the media hardcore right now and have songs that are really big right now. Does putting them in the same genre as them hurt them? Does that hurt a rock band?
1: I don't know. I don't. I don't know. When it comes to like stupid award shows like these, like you have to expect them to get it screwed up, you know. Um, And the fact that the MTV Video Music Awards got it right and the American Music Awards (laughs) didn't is bizarre. But that that's just so. Like favorite male artist. So this is the 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 category is favorite male artist, pop slash rock. The nominees are Justin Bieber, Post Malone, and The Weeknd. Okay? So look, there's one guy on that list that fits into both of those categories. It's Post Malone. Right. I don't have a problem with him being a part of that. Now, the other two, those are pop artists. I wouldn't say there's anything rock about Justin Bieber or The Weeknd. No disrespect, I like some Justin Bieber songs and I like some Weeknd songs. But there's nothing rock about them. Favorite female artist, pop slash rock. Dua Lipa, I don't even know who that is, Lady Gaga, and Taylor Swift. While I understand why people would argue Gaga is rock and roll, she's not. Neither is Taylor Swift, and I don't know who the other person is enough to give my opinion. Um, But also... Can you name me a female rock artist? Uh,
0: solo artist or like lead singer of a band?
1: Well, this seems to me like it's solo artist. So sure, go.
0: Well, I don't. I I don't know off the top of my head solo artist. I was going to say like maybe Lizzie Hale or something like that. As far as a a ba- I guess the front front woman for a band. Sure. What? Why are you looking? Why are you looking at me like that? Sure, she's something. Um. So, favorite duo. Well, hang on. What, but, favorite But duo? what? What? what, would, what would, okay. Go back to that. What uh, would you consider Hailstorm uh, to be? what what would what? you consider Evanescence to be? What would you consider butt In rock. This Moment to be?
1: Butt rock, butt rock, and butt oh, metal. Jesus Christ!
0: You said rock though. <laughs> you didn't say butt. <laughs> no, they. You didn't be... say butt pop. <laughs>
1: Those would be logical choices, but they're in bands. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't, the only one that I could have considered like favorite. Well, I mean, look, it's favorite female artist. Those are the three they chose. Billie Eilish could have been put in there. Um, I'm done. I'm. I'm done. i am I can't think <laughs> of anyone else.
0: Have you seen, have you seen the new news about her? How she's being fat shamed and it's been like all over everywhere. Is she fat? There's a picture of her that is not does not look
1: great. I mean, she wears tall tees, and it's super corny.
0: Well, it's like apparently the first Apparently, it, Apparently she's like very self... Uh, I don't know what the word is
1: I'm looking for. She's not supposed to look like a girly girl. She's supposed no, to be no, like an individual she... and an artist, and it doesn't matter about her looks, right?
0: No, yeah. it's it's more about she's had issues in the past with confidence and the set and the other as far as uh, her We're body all, goes. All. And she apparently always wears like hoodies and baggy clothes mm. and stuff to cover up. Well, apparently now she got paparazzi'd while in like a uh, like a wife beater type shirt, which showed her in a different light. And now she's being fat shamed all over.
1: Well, I certainly would never fat shame her. Um, And look, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to shame her at all. I get it, but we all go through that. Um, But I feel like some of her, she makes conscious decisions about her image. Yeah. Now, whether they're a reaction to this sort of anxiety she has or reaction to the people that might be looking at her, those are two different things. Right. Um, I don't want to say anything bad about her because of this now. Damn it. <laughs> Can I make fun of her singing at least? I
0: I'm not going to down you for doing anything you want.
1: She needs to stop whispering and just sing.
0: Okay, yeah, there's that. But I've I've been saying that from the beginning. She's a very loud whisperer, and somehow that caught fire with people.
1: God, it's so dumb. Um, Favorite duo or group? Pop slash rock. Now, this is where it gets murky, okay? Okay. BTS, the Jonas Brothers, and Maroon 5. So that might as well be the favorite duo for pop, duo or group for pop music.
0: BTS, that's that one band that we talked about, right?
1: The K-pop. Yeah, group. the
0: K-pop group.
1: And then that—that the- that right there, putting rock in that category and having those three groups on there is disrespectful to so many rock bands. <laughs> Currently, but we're talking about the American Music Awards. So.
0: Are all three Jonas Brothers still
1: together as a I have, I have band? no idea. Huh. I have no idea. I couldn't name you one Jonas Brothers song. I couldn't tell you what they do. I couldn't tell you what it is. I have no idea.
0: I couldn't either. And Actually, the reason why I asked that is because is Nick Jonas the one that was in Kingdom? Is it Nick? Yes. Yes. Like, after seeing him in that, I could not see him being in a boy band.
1: See, the thing is, is, after seeing him in a boy band, I couldn't see him in an MMA show. Okay,
0: well, yeah, vice versa, either way it works. And then he, went, he had,
1: like, a little, like, solo thing that he did, and he was supposed to be, like, playing, like, a guitar solo on some oh, really? live performance, and it was... Um. Yeah, they just say pop slash rock because it, uh, occasionally someone like Post Malone's gonna pop up here and he can fit both categories. Favorite artist: Alternative rock. Billy Eilish, Tame Impala, or Twenty One Pilots. I mean, I guess that's fine. But
0: so you're saying they make genres to fit certain artists?
1: No, they just put artists in a certain category to fill out the category. Okay. You know. Okay. It's a little bit bizarre, I'm not going to lie. But you can't put rock as part of the fucking category and not have one single rock band in any of these. Favorite song, pop slash rock. Lewis Capaldi, Dua Lipa, Post Malone, Roddy Rich, and The Weeknd. Like, no rock bands had a good song this year? You shitting me? Apparently not. You fucking kidding me? (laughs) Not to their standards.
0: So, to extend this conversation out a little bit as far as music goes, another article you sent me was basically about Nirvana. And is it their producer that was stating that they would... that. Uh, Nevermind would not have been accepted now or I guess been as popular now as it was when it came out?
1: Yeah. So Butch Vig was the producer of that record. Okay, Basically said like, yeah, it would essentially be today. It would be like today. If that record comes out, it's irrelevant. Which is kind of like saying LeBron's better than Michael Jordan. I fucking hate that. It didn't come out today. It came out in 1992 when music needed something like Nevermind. Music right now needs something like Nevermind, but unfortunately, the musical landscape and the, the way that people get their music and the things that the mainstream gives to those people, rock music just isn't there. So there's no place for it today. So it's a dumb argument. It's a dumb thing to say. I guess in a sense he's right, but also who cares? Okay, you know, let there be another Nirvana. It's the same thing. Like let there be another Michael Jordan, or I'm you know let there you know let the next guy come. Right, Michael Jordan's Michael Jordan, LeBron's LeBron. Let the next guy come. Nirvana was Nirvana. Let let the next band in 2000. Forget about 2020, 2021. Come and blow people's faces off or maybe they don't yeah
0: i feel i feel like well for one i did not expect that to be your uh your statement off of that i kind of more expected you to be like yeah it would definitely be accepted and relevant
1: well let me be very clear that album is relevant until the end of time let me be like but it doesn't have the same impact on the musical landscape on the pop culture landscape today that it did in 1992 when it came out and I, f- I feel like doesn't. I
0: feel like music styles have I guess it's music styles I'm once I'm, I'm thinking of like it's gotten so far away from what that time period was and what grunge music was like the the, the style as a music has gone so far away from that that like for that to be not relevant, but for that to be popular now, I feel like there would have to be a shift back towards that style of music before that could be really popular again. I don't know if that makes any sense or not.
1: Um, Well, look, man, I'll be honest with you. That song, the songwriting model that they used on that record existed long before it came out. And it's still the same model that people follow today.
0: Okay. Model meaning what?
1: So, the four chord pop song that's been around since the beginning of music and it still exists today. That's how people write songs. That's what Nirvana did. It's just the way it was. Kirk Cobain was a very good pop songwriter. It just so happened to be packaged as this alternative rock, punk rock, grunge. Grunge was a term created by record labels anyway. Grunge thing. But he wrote really good pop songs for the time. Now look, if you write a song like Smells Like Teen Spirit today, you're going to have to change it up a little bit, but you can still use the same four chords used in that song and write a pop song today. 100%. Hmm. easy easy do you know who the axiom of awesomeness is no it's this like music parody trio from england okay. and they have this bit called four chord song and so they do it live where they go like yeah we, we never got popular because we never wrote a four chord song and then they go through this whole medley of hit songs that use the same four chords.
0: Oh, okay. I gotcha.
1: And it's, the list is mind-blowing. they are yeah, just that, done that, different that's, times, that's signatures, or whatever, but...
0: That's why it's so easy to, you know, every once in a while, you'll see, you'll hear a song come across that's like one song that's being played to the music, being sang to the music of another song, and it lines up correctly. Like, there was even a... I heard one mashup that was like a Nelly song and a Leonard Skynyrd song, you know, mixed together. It's like, because of the chords, it it lines up.
1: Well, let's be very clear about the words we use. It's not easy. Oh, right. It's not easy to write one of these fucking songs. Right. This goes back to our butt rock conversation. You know, you're a sellout. It's not fucking easy. If it were easy, everyone would have a hip fucking record. You know? It's just, it's not. Um i think that record's still relevant it's always going to be relevant but if it comes out today it doesn't the reaction's not the same you know um there have been plenty of rock and roll records to come out since then that i think kind of shook things up but it just the the way we get our music the music industry the it's changed you know it just has Right. Back in 1992, it was still a lucrative business where the artists could be set for life. They could change music, you know? Um, and that's what they did. It, but,
0: an interesting thought, well, actually, I heard it, um, but an interesting thought about this whole thing with Kurt Cobain is like him being in this time... And like, it it would be hard to see him. Like, do you think he would be tweeting? Do you think he would be on Instagram? Do you think he'd be on Facebook and stuff pushing this music? Like, I don't, I don't, I can't see that. Like that music and him at that time was the perfect time for that. Like, I don't know taking all that and putting it in today's environment and what it takes to actually be successful in music. I don't, I I can't see, I can't see that.
1: Uh, well, look, I mean, they. but that's the thing too about Nirvana is they capitalized on so many different aspects of not only music, but just what was going on societally speaking. Um, like I said, he wrote, they wrote really great pop songs. That record's full of really good pop songs catchy as fuck could be digested by the average year, but also they had that sort of teenage angst thing about them. that so many kids at a very young age could look at and go, God, I relate. I, I just relate, you know? Um, but then they also did the whole sort of punk rock thing. Like, well, we're big, but we didn't want to be this big. And fuck the mainstream and fuck this and fuck that. Now I'm going to go on MTV and I'm going to play rape me instead of playing whatever single they wanted me to play. Like that whole thing that spoke to so many kids. Well, look, those kids still exist today. You know, it's not, we just have a different medium as to how we get our music and how we get our news and how we communicate with each other. But those kids still exist and they still have their bands It just hasn't happened on such a larger, large scale like Nirvana did. So that's what I'm saying. Like when he says that, when Vig says that, I agree with it. But I don't think it's a relevant thing to say. I just think things were different. Just different, you know? Um, There are kids that look at Bring Me the Horizon the same way that when I was – a kid when Nirvana came out, I looked at Nirvana and was like, Jesus, this is mind blowing. They get me, you know? I love this music. I can pick up a guitar and I can play it, but also like he makes me feel like uh he's misunderstood too and, and, and everything sucks, but it's gonna be okay. Like that whole thing, like that still exists today. It's just on a different level. Right. Um I don't know which one is better or or worse. I don't I don't think I don't think one is better or worse. I just think it's it's a statement of the 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 era, you know um, but going back to what I said, I think I agree with him. Do I think a band could come out today and sort of change music like they did? No, probably not. probably not. It would just every like the stars would have to align. And everything would have to be perfect. There would have to be so much going on. Just it would just have to be like I don't know. It's it it would almost have to be like the Big Bang of music. Like everything would just have to like everything restarts, and now we're here. Here we go, and here's the 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 foundation of where everything is is this band. That's kind of almost what Nirvana did. Yeah, you know, people say that like they destroyed hair metal. They changed pop music. They, Yeah, they did all that, but they could. It was still, you could still do that then. I don't know. It was interesting for me to see him say that because he's the producer of the record. And also he was in a band at the time that was not near as popular as Nirvana. So he...
0: What band was he in?
1: He was the drummer of Garbage.
0: Oh really. Okay.
1: Yeah. So but he he his claim to fame was producing, you know.
0: Gotcha. The
1: fucking garbage was Shirley Manson. It still is. The lead singer. So no were one
0: knows. there were there other so other bands that were big around that time that I guess were still considered grunge would be like your Soundgarden, right? So like same same concept. I for some reason I feel like Soundgarden and maybe it's because I've heard Chris Cornell in so many different ways, like different bands and stuff. Maybe I feel like he could transi- transition, I guess would be the word, easily into today. But it was just a different sound back then, I guess. Like Soundgarden, yeah. the audio slave to you know his solo stuff and all that. That's all quite a bit different from each other.
1: Yeah, I mean, I well, look. If we're talking about those kinds of bands or those bands of the time, I would think the the one guy who, if he were still around, would have a hard time sort of fitting into the landscape of music now. That being rock and alternative, it would probably be Kurt Cobain. Yeah, honestly. Uh, cause he had more of a grimy or punk rock voice. He wasn't like, when we're talking about traditionally speaking, that good of a singer, you know, he had his own thing. Um, he's not a clean singer by any means. All things considered, not that great of a guitar player, really good songwriter, but so he would probably have a harder time trying to like, getting the kids of today to relate to him than, say, a guy like Chris Cornell or Eddie Vedder or Scott Weiland, had he not passed away, rest in peace, or any of those guys. But look, man, those guys would still be successful today, but on a level where they kind of attract the same people that they did back then. I don't see kids getting into – new Nirvana, if Nirvana was still around. They'd get into Nevermind, because it's I'm cool, and I'm like, I'm so deep about music, so I know about Nevermind. But like, you know, so they could tweet about it, or TikTok about it, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the new Nirvana record, I don't see kids getting that excited about it. I don't have any idea what I'm talking about, I'm just guessing.
0: Let's transition to something that you do know what you're talking about. Uh, let's talk about Khabib and Gagey and how apparently disappointed you were in how this fight went.
1: I or, was disappointed. I don't. I have, I, I,
0: based off of the statements that you gave me, because I didn't actually get to watch the fight in real time. I have watched it since then, but I didn't get to watch it in real time. But based off of your comments, you basically said, I hate Khabib. And you said that Gagey fought emotional. Yes. And I kind of don't agree, but I want to get you to give your opinion first.
1: Okay. So the first statement is me just saying like Khabib's the Tom Brady of the UFC. (laughs) That's how I look at him. I have nothing but respect for the guy. He's really good. And look, him being really good is part of the reason why I think Gaethje fought emotional. You know, I think he just forces you to do so. I don't think he, there's so far, no one has been able to prove that they couldn't against him. And I'll tell you what I mean by emotional in a second. But so, yeah, no, I'm I, nothing but respect for the guy. I don't like things that he says. Um, And I don't like his, I don't like the extreme and excessive adoration from his peers, mainly his peers who have trained with him. Like Daniel Cormier, (laughs) can you just shut up? Like take your hand off his dick and put it on your own for five minutes, please. So that bothers me. But again, that goes back to the whole Tom Brady thing. Like all of Tom Brady's teammates are going to be like, he's the best quarterback ever. And as a fan. Or as a spectator, you go, God, can you just shut up about him for a minute? It's the same thing. So, again, nothing is about I I hate him as a person or whatever. He's a great fighter. Nothing but respect for the guy. With that said, I sent you a video a week before the fight happened. Do you remember what that was? It was a video of Justin Gaethje talking about the fight. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what did I say to you when I sent it? Do you remember?
0: No, that was over it. was like two weeks ago.
1: I said, this is a huge problem. And the reason that I thought it was a huge problem is he completely changed his tune from when he beat Tony Ferguson to that interview, which was a week before the fight. He became Mr. Humble. And it was no longer about winning. It was just about, I'm happy to be in the, in the octagon with Khabib. I'm gonna do my best to blah 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 blah.
0: So what do you what do you so, think what do you think changed his mindset and why and why do you think that's an issue?
1: I have no idea. But every fighter who gets in the octagon with that guy gives him too much respect, and they, all game plans go out the fucking window. And it kind of makes me sad that we never saw Tony Ferguson fight him because I honestly don't think Tony Ferguson would be that way. And he proved that against Justin Gaethje. Hmm. He proved that. Hmm. Fuck respect. Fuck your ability. Fuck your skills. I'm going to fight until you make me not fight anymore. And I think Tony Ferguson would do that against Khabib. Gaethje didn't do that. Now, when I'm saying he fought emotional, he, he, Justin Gaethje did not do anything that he said he was going to do. Anything that they said he prepared for. He didn't fight the same way he fought Ferguson. He was very frantic. He was breathing heavy. After two minutes into the first round, he was scatterbrained. He was moving too much. Um, and by by moving too much, I don't mean angular and, like, changing angles and keeping Khabib guessing. He was moving away from Khabib. He was essentially running away from Khabib's pressure. But that's that, what Khabib
0: does. That to him. was the perfect game plan for Khabib though. Like the That's what he does to everyone. I know, but that's what I'm saying though against The game
1: plan, the game plan is very clear, dude. He's going to come at you <laughs> and he's not going to stop until you make him stop. Right. But, so uh, look, but but
0: the one thing that I thought about when I was wa- when I was watching the fight was that a comment it was actually to uh when Brendan Schaub did that interview with him and oh, about remember when Brendan Schaub made the comment that he just throws basically just throws bombs and it, every all his th- his uh punches are un unca- yeah. they aren't calculated and all of that and the other and Gagey pretty much shut him down and told him yeah I know exactly what I'm doing you watch He didn't know what he was doing you watch him. all his throws in that fight his eyes were pretty much closed and he was just hopeless. He did exactly. land he did land one right hand And it, but the most it did was make Khabib take a step back. And then he, and then he jumped right back in and started pressuring him again.
1: Nothing was calculated. Everything he did against Tony Ferguson, with the exception of the last minute of the second round when he got hit with that uppercut. And then, um, what's his coach's name? God darn it. I don't
0: remember his name, but I know you're talking about. He he told him he was going to have to calm down. Yeah.
1: You got to calm down. Now, he said that in between the first and second round of this fight, but it was too late. It was too late. It's way too late. He didn't have that calculated approach at all in this fight. He was winging shots. Um, you could tell in his breathing, man. Like you could tell. You could tell he was just too nervous. He was too – he didn't know what to do about the pressure. So it's one thing to know like what the pressure is going to be. It's another thing like once you get in there, it, all bets are off. you 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 got to deal with it, you know, live. And so far, no one's been able to deal with it. Khabib just is on another level with that sort of that pressure. And dude, the way that he took his back. Yeah. Like all of this talk about his wrestling, we heard from people like Joe Rogan and Brendan Chobb about Gaethje's wrestling. Yeah, but
0: dude, even before that, even before the second round, in the first round at the end when Khabib took him down.
1: Oh, yeah. If there's another minute of that round, it's over. It looked
0: like Gaethje didn't know, like have any... Either Khabib is that good or Gagey just was like, okay, I'm screwed. I'm just going to let whatever happened happen. Because he he just about had the armbar.
1: I think what he wanted to do was, and I'm talking about Gagey, I think what he wanted to do is do what many people said about Tony Ferguson, is not panic. If he gets me to the ground, I'm just going to not panic. Because Khabib's so used to people being like, shit. And they're scrambling, they're trying to figure out, like He can tell that they're frustrated and they're guessing what they need to do rather than just knowing the simple way to get up to their feet. So I think there was a lot of that, um, but it just wasn't enough. How crazy is it that Connor was able to get back to his feet numerous times? And Gaethje had no answer for that at all. We heard all about this wrestling. If I, from,
0: if I, if from- I had okay, so if I had to give an answer on that, I would say that Khabib was probably, if he was ever out of his element and out of his comfort zone in any fight, it was against Conor, just because of the media hype and because it's Conor. I, I really, th- I really think that. That, and, that, and actually, to be honest, that's not a knock against Connor. That's I, know. I that, know. That's literally just, I think that if he was ever out of his head space where he normally is when he's in a fight, it would be that fight which may have made him make mistakes or maybe not the top of his game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess there's something to that. But Gaethje just didn't look like the same dude. And that's a credit to Khabib. Khabib yeah. he's, the dude, he's good. He just does that to you. Um, whether he's the goat or not, eh, I like John Jones. Kind of have something to say about that. Um, I'd put him maybe fourth on the list, to be honest. Maybe even fifth, dang. As far as pound for pound goat, but he's undefeated, man. He's twenty nine and zero. He basically he beat everyone you gave to him. It's not his fault that. He and Tony Ferguson never fought, you know, so I get it. I get why people think he is. I get why he thinks he is. I don't think he is. I think he's, let me just do it now. So the goat is John Jones. Number two is Demetrius Johnson.
0: I was hoping that was going to be your number two.
1: Right. Very, very close. Three and four are GSP and Anderson Silva. Okay. And then for me, this is for me. And then Khabib. Yes, I'm putting Anderson Silva and GSP above Khabib for sure. But that, but so, that's got
0: that's just a personal. Well, of course. Thing. That, that's because of how you. But I think watch. there's some
1: logic behind that too, man. Okay. There's some logic behind there too. So you're saying it's not just record. No, he only defended that belt three times, and oh by the way, he won a vacant belt against Al Ayacuinta. I don't know. I did hear Brendan Shaw say something today that was, to me, was he's out of his mind. He said that the 155 division in the UFC right now is the best division in the history of MMA or something like that. Not even close.
0: Whoa! He's out
1: of his he's out of his mind. It's good, it's good, but no. That's not- I'm not, I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go that far. It might be the best division in the UFC right now. Maybe, maybe. I I think one one seventy is pretty stacked. All of them are, man. Yeah, I know. The only one that's not, to be honest, is heavyweight.
0: Yeah, which I don't know if they
1: ever really will be. I mean, there are young guys coming up, but you know. Those guys can't fight as much either, so that's why there's just there's there's turnover in that division, you know. Right. Um, But I mean, you know, good for Khabib, man. I, you know, I just I wouldn't necessarily say he's the GOAT, but he won that fight, man. He does what he does. He he's dominant for a reason. Right. I think Gaethje fought a bad fight, but I don't think it. I don't think it was so much to do with like Gaethje as much as it was Khabib. I think once you get in there with him, it's just a different thing. You can say all you want about what you're going to do, how you've prepared, but once you get in there, it is just different. Mm-hmm. I think Khabib has proven that, you know?
0: So the card this weekend, it's uh, Anderson Silva and is it Uriah Hall that he's facing Uriah
1: this
0: Hall. weekend? yeah. i I seen a... a and I didn't see the whole thing. I just seen like the snippets of what they were saying. They were trying to b- build this storyline with Uriah Hall about him getting beat up by a bully when he was younger and that uh, he got, was getting beat up so bad that another bully jumped in to get rid of that bully and whatever. And I don't, know, it just felt, it didn't feel genuine. It just felt from what I seen, it just felt weird. And it was like, it was like their, uh, I guess, like asking your why Hall, like what was the moment you, you know, felt like MMA was where the route you wanted to take or something along those lines, and I don't know, it just felt weird. Like it, it just felt like anybody could have told that story. Now it could be, it could be valid. I'm not saying it's not. I
1: I, I missed that completely. I did not see it's just,
0: that. I, I couldn't tell you who who did it. I'd have to. Send, the, send you the hmm. link if I, look, if I looked it up. But anyways, who? what's your thoughts on that fight? Who do you got winning that fight?
1: If you had to uh, make Uriah a prediction. Hall. Uriah Hall. Yeah. Uh, he probably wins by decision or something. Um, what, Anderson Silva's 45. He hasn't that? won since 2013 or something crazy like that.
0: I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's just all about the paycheck now, right? It's he's be. won
1: once since 2013. He beat Derek Brunson in a bad split decision. He shouldn't have won. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah.
0: I mean, it's all it's all about the paycheck now, right?
1: Well, I mean, he said in an interview, he just loves fighting. He just wants to keep fighting. Like, he, this is his last fight in the UFC, but his trainer doesn't think he's going to retire. They think he's going to go somewhere else and fight. So he just likes to do it. I mean, the dude doesn't know anything else. What, what else is he going to do? Yeah, gonna retire and do what? You know? So I, I get mean, it. It's just—it's just. It's just one, it's I just, don't like it,
0: but it's just one of those things. You know that once it becomes a paycheck, your heart's not in it. Your mind's not in it anymore. And especially when you're 45, I mean, what's what's I he? I don't know if do? it's
1: ever been about a paycheck with him, though. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Really talked about money, so I don't know. Maybe he just likes to compete, and you know, I. I he's had some gruesome injuries though. So God, yeah, that's ain't no joke at his age to still be fighting is insane. I feel like he's, he's fighting cheating. On,
0: he, I feel like he's cheating with a rod in his leg. Not everybody gets to have a metal rod in their leg. <laughs> good
1: point. I don't know. Uh, but I got, I got Uriah Hall winning.
0: Yeah. Okay. I think I'm, I think I'm in the same boat.
1: Yeah. Um, However, it wouldn't surprise me if it goes to a decision based on their styles if Anderson Silva won a decision. It wouldn't surprise me the least bit.
0: So you said this if is If Eli- the-
1: not aggressive and kind of plays around like Derek Brunson did when he fought Anderson Silva, which was Silva's last win. They could easily give the decision to Anderson Silva. So.
0: So you said this is the last fight on his contract with the UFC? Yeah. And you don't think he's going to re-sign with
1: for any more fights? He's already said he hasn't. He said he did he said in another thing he doesn't he doesn't like the way the UFC is now. He felt like when the Fertitas sold it like everything just kind of changed and he, he's not really into it so. Hmm. I I don't blame him for that either, man.
0: He also came from a different was, era of UFC yeah, too. Part I mean. of that,
1: yeah. He was a part of that wave and he helped kind of create that first wave of popularity in the UFC so right. I can see why he's not into it, but also again he's forty five. What do you what do you what do you really think the guy's gonna you know do? What do you what do you really want from him? So Right. I don't
0: know. I don't either. Well you got anything else? Or you want to call it Body, a day. Yes. Again? You always do.
1: Yeah, that happens.
0: <laughs> I drought.